Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. NATO welcomed its 31st member today, Finland has now joined the world's biggest military alliance, and as you know, there may be more newcomers soon. It is a big day for Finland, of course, and I'd say it's a win-win situation. It's good for NATO also. That's Finnish Defense Minister Antti Kaikkonen. Uh, says, as you heard, this is great for his country. Um, be interesting to see how this plays out. Um, Let's chat with Rob Hubert now, who's an associate professor specializing in defense policy at the University of Calgary. Rob, thanks so much for being with us today. I appreciate your time. Oh, it's always my pleasure. So, of course, this is the result that Finland has been looking for for a while now, and they started this process not long after the Russian invasion, saying they were fearing for their own security, right? Oh, absolutely. And just to be clear, of course, the Russian invasion is 2014. Um, I know a lot of people yeah. used 2020 to, uh, 2022 date, but... Uh, the Finns really take notice when Crimea is invaded. Yeah, that's a lot of people say that's the continuation is what we saw a year and a half or it wasn't it's a full year now. Uh, yeah. You're right. Yeah. But it started back in 2014 with um, with Crimea. Now, in terms of what this means for Finland, they'd sort of had a, a pretty staunch policy of military independence, right? Not necessarily neutrality, um, but military independence. And this this is a big change in direction for the way they've always conducted themselves. Yeah, it is. Um, what the, the Finns, of course, and everyone always forgets it, the Finns are about the only country uh, that can say that they fought the uh, Soviets to a standstill, and that was the Winter War of 1940. And that had a long-term impact after um, after the Second World War was over in terms of the fact that they recognized that the Russians were still, of course, the major military force on their border, but they were allowed to keep an independence that you didn't see of almost any of the other Eastern European countries that the uh, that the Soviet troops had to go through. Um, and I, I, I'm just wondering, in terms of this decision, was it was it difficult? Do you think with within Finland is this sort of um, I'm not going to say a betrayal, but but a major departure from something that they had prided themselves on, maybe. Well, there's two thoughts on this. On the one hand, there was, of course, a certain degree of, I won't say suspicion, but concern about what NATO represents. And so from a public, uh, from a public perspective, we always saw a certain degree of Finns that were not favorable towards NATO. But what the Finns have always been probably very favorable, which is an undercurrent that's not fully appreciated all the time, is that they recognize the, the, the importance of self-defense. And once again, it goes back to their experience from the Second World War in terms of, of what they faced against the Soviets, how they had to inter interact with the Germans. And so you've always seen the Finns with an acceptance of a high military participation, expenditures, and so they understand hard security. Uh, they just didn't really want to go into NATO because of their relationships with the Soviets. 
And so it's much more complicated. I mean, in some countries like in Canada, you, you do have a certain element that is just simply, we don't want to be with NATO because we're anti-military. That's right. not the case with the Finns. Yeah, I mean, they're actually, in terms of defense capabilities and military strength and stuff, they're no pushover here. They're, they're, they're a legitimate player on the world stage, probably more so than Canada, correct? Oh, well, I mean, they're much more serious on it. They maintain, I mean, once again, remember when we were looking for fighter aircraft, um, they, of course, um, have maintained all sorts of capabilities. I mean, they moved away from working with the Swedes on terms of some of their capabilities, but uh, they, they've maintained a standing strong force. Um, and so they take it serious in a way that I think defense analysts in Canada can only dream about. Um, it was unanimous in the end, and as we say they were welcome to join NATO today, but it took a little longer than I think they wanted, and it was primarily Hungary and Turkey that held out, correct? Why was that? Well, the, Tur- uh, the Hungarians are doing it to get whatever they can. Oban, of course, is a problematic uh, leader within Hungary, and um, we think that what was happening in that context is that he was just looking for ways of getting um, sweetheart deals uh, throughout the, the alliance, and he knew that uh, he could do that. Um, the Turks are more problematic. The Turks, of course, have been a bit of an issue in terms of ever since the um, uh, the attempted coup against the current leadership, where we see sort of authoritative streaks coming forward. More serious, of course, is that the um, uh, the Turks also remember more so with the Swedes than they did with the Finns, obviously, is that uh, both the position that both countries have taken about the Kurdish independence movement within um, within Turkey, as well as the fact that the Swedes were quite vocal because of that in, in basically, you know, being part of the reason why the Turks haven't been allowed to join the EU. And so there's a very complicated relationship between Turkey and Sweden and hence Finland, because Finland always said they even had some, um, they even did some joint parliamentary commissions on this. If one was to join NATO, both would join at the same time. And now, obviously, that has gone by the wayside, but it, it illustrates the difficulty here. Yeah, exactly. And I, I guess in the end, the calculation was made specifically in Turkey that um, the resistance was futile, I guess, so to say, and uh, it was better to just go along in the end. There was nothing to be gained. Well, I think that this has actually probably strengthened the Turkish position because they can say, hey, we're being reasonable. Right. Yeah. You know, Finland was not the reason why we weren't allowed into, into NATO. And so this brings greater pressure now on Sweden to reverse some of their human rights policy vis-a-vis the, the Kurds to basically take a different position in terms of some of the, uh, uh, the refugees that the Turks want in terms of possible um, um, uh, terrorist uh, uh, accusations. So in other words, they've shown that, hey, we can be reasonable. We will let the Finns in. And so now Sweden is, 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 is really facing a difficult circumstance. And, and Sweden, of course, is next up. And, and that was said today by uh, the Finnish defense minister. It was also said by uh, Jens Stoltenberg. Uh, Sweden's next, and, and they hope to have that happen fairly soon, right? Yeah, well, the question is, is how much do they have to give in to the Turks um, in terms of the reversal on the Kurdish policy before they're allowed in? I think everybody agrees. I mean, the Turks will ultimately agree that you need to have the Swedes also in for the strategic um, um, uh, strength of the alliance. So I think the Turks get that, but man, they're going to demand, you know, their, their every ounce of blood they can get from that. Is that is that the holdup? Is that why Sweden and Finland didn't come in at the same time? Is it is that yep. sort of the, the sticking mm-hmm. point? 
Yep, that's a, you've got to have unanimity, so the Turks get a veto until they have their demands met. So I suspect that there'll be some, some you know, it may or may not be a public agreement, but, uh, uh, you know, I suspect that there have been negotiations about what happens when the Turks reapply for uh, for EU membership and what will happen in terms of uh, Swedish uh, policy vis-a-vis the Kurds. And, and Rob, there's no way to overstate what... Uh setback this is for Vladimir Putin and Russia, right? I mean, he, he set out uh, to, to expand, and what he's expanded to this point is NATO, which is the last thing he wanted to do. How is this going to go over in Russia? Well, uh, the Russians, surprisingly, have been relatively muted on it. I mean, the expectations were, because we started seeing, of course, the Finns and Swedes making movements towards NATO as early as 2016, and we definitely saw both countries moving to consolidate their militaries with the Americans and amongst the Nordic countries themselves. So this has been a process that's been ongoing, and I think a lot of people were thinking that we'd see a sort of full, full, full-on press against that these are the the capabilities that the Russians have shown in terms of cyber warfare and the use of war and you know weaponization of social media. We haven't quite seen that, and 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 you know people are a little bit surprised by that. It may be that the Russians are so preoccupied with Ukraine, they're not paying attention. Um, and so we're not quite sure why we're not seeing it to that degree. Uh, of opposition, or if the Russians just think that the, it was a done deal. Um, so that's a hard one to know at this point. What about the uh, effect that it might have on the situation in Ukraine and the conflict that's currently underway? Does this change this in any way? Well, it does. It does on two points. First of all, it is demonstrating to the Russians the increasing solidarity of the West. I mean, the fact that you had, you know, as you said, uh, neutral Finland, it never really was neutral. There were all sorts of secret agreements, but nevertheless, the non-NATO membership. So that is, of course, a very strong signal. It also shows the determination of NATO to respond to this new environment. Um, NATO very much did not respond in this way when the war began in 2014. In fact, part of the causes of the war were the considerations of uh, bringing in countries such as Ukraine and um, even possibly Georgia um, into, into NATO. And so you see NATO going in a very opposite direction, and I think it symbolizes a determination. The frontline states clearly understand the Soviet threat, or the Russian threat. Sure. Sorry, that's, a, that's an old slip of the tongue. I, but, you know, <laughs> uh, Freudian slip there. Um, but, I mean, we see, of course, the, the position that uh, that. Poland, uh, the Baltic countries are taking, because they're right up and they see this all the time. The addition of another frontline state, state will, of course, I think, consolidate that view as opposed to those that are saying, well, maybe we can do business with them, maybe we should negotiate, um, that type of stuff. So that's important. And hopefully what it is also doing is allows us to consolidate the long-term support of Ukraine, because that's the ultimate success yeah. that the Ukrainians need. Yeah, it's a fascinating uh, development. Rob, thank you so much for your time. I always appreciate it. Oh, it's always my pleasure. Thanks very much. That's Rob Hubert, who is an associate professor specializing in defense policy at University of Calgary. Just to give you the Canadian perspective on this, because, of course, Foreign Affairs Minister Melanie Jolie in Brussels, Belgium today for the ceremony welcoming Finland into NATO. Uh, Jolie saying, we believe this is a very important day, a day that we should all celebrate because as a country... 
Finland is a plus to the alliance. We believe with Finland and soon to be Sweden, we will have a very strong alliance and we will be able to deal with the biggest challenges that NATO has faced in many years. She went on to say for Canada, why is it important? It is also an Arctic nation, and we want to make sure that Arctic nations are addressing some of the security challenges that we're facing. We need to make sure that Finland and Sweden are at the table within NATO. As he said, Russia fairly muted recently. They have said in the past that they would take, quote, retaliatory measures to address what they call security threats created by Finland's membership. They also warned that they might bolster forces near Finland if NATO sends any additional troops or equipment to that nation. The alliance, though, has said, calm down. Uh, this poses no threat to Moscow. So rhetoric out of uh, the Kremlin to this point, um, but nothing beyond that.